So, where were we? I think that... I really believe that God is, is bringing us into a new season of, of calling forth some things. And part of that is um, calling us back to some things. Um, see, I think that we really believe that when God establishes his church, um, actually, not only is he the one who does that, but he's the one that brings forth vision and purpose and um, all of the things that um, we sort of, um, that, that sort of, guide and direct who we are and what we do. And, and that's bigger than just a mission statement. Um, it's really meant to be, I believe, um, us as a body figuring out how he's called and equipped us individually and figuring out a picture of how that fits together. That's literally what the body does. That's what the body is. That's why we're called the body. Um, Paul gives us an image of that, of, of each part um, of the body that has a specific function, and yet all that's got to fit together. And I'll just say, like, I feel like sometimes that's, like, a great idea, but really hard to live out, really hard to connect, really hard to kind of put into practice. And I think some of it has to do with our sort of individualized Christianity. We think it's kind of about us doing our thing with Jesus and maybe that spills over into um, the world around us, maybe it doesn't. Like even in our church, we've been talking about unity, and I think it's this thing that sometimes is, it eludes us, you know? Um, and so um, there's a picture in the Bible that even talks about how we have these certain offices, um, roles, like, like teaching and preaching and evangelism, and it says that each of those roles is, is supposed to um, equip the saints, for the service, for the ministry. There's a picture there that it's actually each one of us in this room, um, as we're equipped by God, that we are the ministry that he's um, called us to as a church, as a body, as the light. Does that make sense? Um, but so often it's, um, it's the pastor that does the ministry. It's the people that listen. <laughs> and we, we really, I want us to shift that. I really do believe, like, and we've taken some strides there, and we're still working on it. Um, But I think one of the ways we're going to get there is when we as a people, um, in a culture of honor, begin to really call forth the things that God has has put in our hearts, the things he's made each of us for. As we begin to see those things clearly, and as we begin to connect them, I think we will begin to see what he's really doing in our midst— where he's taking us. It's part of the reason we have a sharing time because we want to hear how God is working in your lives. Um, does that make sense? Follow me. Okay, so how do we get there? I believe that um, with, with the individual things, there is also a collective call. So it's, it is our individual callings, but it's also a, um, it's a collective call. It's something that God has spoken for this community um, that's bigger than any one of us. Um, And I want to focus a little bit on that tonight. I want to share a little bit of our story because I think um, the things that God has done up to this point are really important in where we're going. I think in the same way God establishes his church, um, he establishes a vision and a call. And when we started this church 
Um, we started through waiting and listening and surrendering to what God wanted to say and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to move in our midst. Our posture as leaders was to, to let God do what he wanted to do and to submit to that. And so we took really seriously um, the vision that he gave us, that he gave this church. And I really believe that um, in that way, if God gives a vision, he's the only one that can change it. He's the only one that can alter that. Like, um, for us to do so on our own is, is um, just not a good idea. Let's just put it that way. Um, in that way, I would say God has established something here that he's continued to bring about. He's continued to reinforce and um, reiterate. And I believe some of that is things that have sort of been lost at some points, and he's calling it back to the surface. Um, so I want to share a little bit where we've been, um, what is sort of the, the history of the light. Um, we're almost six and a half years old. We'll be seven years old in October of this year. Um, how many of you have been here for three or more years of that? How many of you have been here for two or more years of that? How many of you have been here just in the last year? So we have some catching up to do. <laughs> um, man, like things have changed. And that's just part of how it goes. So I want to fill you in a little bit. Um, maybe some slides will go along with this. This isn't a slideshow, though. Um, in 2000 and Seven, 2007, the beginning of 2007. Actually, it started before that. In 2006, um, there was this group of artists, most of them who were going to Micah, who found out about a church that had started downtown called Grace Life Church. I will explain that picture in a minute. And um, God had sort of brought us together. Um, I was a part of that group. Um, I had just said yes to Jesus that summer. Um, some others of us were in a very new place as well, following God for the first time. Um, and for the first time, I believe, who knows, I don't know, but at Micah, it seemed like God was really bringing together some community. And so we started trekking downtown to a church called Grace Life. And um, 25 minutes, uphill, both ways. Um, and actually, it was probably about 10 or 15 of us that God really united in that, and we started going to this church, and really were being ministered and, um, and and connected there. And Pastor Roger Kim was the pastor, lead pastor of that church, and he took notice. He saw um, this group of artists, and he was kind of like, "What are they doing here?" Um, and at the same time, you could tell he he cared. Like he was, he he took notice. He he knew that God had a purpose for us being there. Um, pastor Roger has. His background is in science, um, medicine. Um, he's not an artist um, in really any way, shape, or form. But um, he took notice, and he valued us being there. And I remember one of the first Sundays that I was there, he called us all into a room, and he said, Hey, I'm glad that you're here. And I just want you to know, if you're in this church, we know that you're here for a reason, and we want you to be a part of what God's doing here. So we're going to figure out what that is. And that just that stuck with me. 
And I know it stuck with a number of us. And so we started to get really connected, and he um, really began to pour into our lives. We started um, sort of a discipleship at Micah. Um, so they were meeting us where we were. And um, so we really grew in that year. And as we were growing, uh, we started to realize that this thing that God has done in our lives, the thing that he's initiated through our salvation, through this call for us to follow him, um, it is bigger than any one of us. It's bigger than us just being blessed. It's, it's part of a story that he's called us into. And as a result of that, there was this growing sense that we had to respond to that. Like we had to respond to the story that God had initiated, and we knew that that meant being a part of something bigger than ourselves. We knew that it meant actually giving away what we had, what, what God was depositing in our lives. So discipleship was more than just learning some information. It was more than just um, you know, us growing on a personal level. And so we began to pray, and we began to ask God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with this group? What do you want to do um, in this city? And slowly over time, God sort of revealed to us that, that it, was, it was a call to plant a church. And none of us had been a part of starting a church before. We didn't know what that was going to look like. So we were perfect candidates, actually, because we were clueless. And I think, actually, there was some um, wisdom there from God in, in terms of we were just like, yes, God, whatever you want to do, we're in. You ever give God your yes to something before you actually knew what you're saying yes to? It happens a lot, but it's, it's the wisdom of God because sometimes if we knew actually what we were getting ourselves into, we would have never said yes in the first place. But we get so far down the road, we realize, well, no turning back now, you know. And I think that's kind of what happened. So we didn't really know what we were doing. Uh, we didn't know what it meant to plant a church, to start a church, but we just knew God was calling us to that. And part of that, the call was that we looked at this city and we looked at the arts community in particular. And we looked at the way that Jesus did things and realized that often Jesus was sort of on the margins. Like he was reaching the people that really maybe didn't have much to do, much connection with the religious establishment of the time. And we looked at the arts community and realized um, a lot of that was our story. And it was the story of um, artists in general, the, the creative community in general, sort of this disenfranchisement with the church. And we knew that there was a call there. We realized that nobody was really reaching artists in the city in that way. Um, and we knew there was a call to be a part of some restoration there, be a part of a movement there. And so we said yes to that. So 2007, October of that year, was officially um, the beginning of the light. Prior to that, we, um, we just started to do some things together creatively uh, as a community. This was actually an installation that was put up at MICA um, in Falvey Hall. Uh, it was about 80 feet tall, and it went all the way to the, the ceiling in Falvey Hall. Um, and we had to do some MacGyver stuff, like throwing a tennis ball and a rope over these giant beams to get it up there and hoist it all the way and tie it and hope the knot would stay, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but this was a prayer sculpture. And so for weeks, we just began to pray and write down all of our prayers. And each one of those was a prayer. And actually, that piece um, traveled the next year. We, we were in a show in D.C. Um, in a gallery that wasn't a Christian gallery, and um, it was part of a juried exhibition, and 
It was crazy because the space it was in was just the perfect space, a window on both sides, and it came right down in the middle. If you go to the next picture, you can sort of see that. Um, There it was, like, hanging in the very front of that space. And so God was sort of blessing some of the stuff we were just doing together. So this was prior to the church. And then in 2007, October, um, we sort of launched officially as um, a church open to the public. And we were meeting at University of Baltimore in the Moot courtroom. Um, And I thought it was kind of funny that here we were in this court of law, and um, we were worshiping the one who fulfilled the whole thing. Um, and we had these giant desks that moved around on, on wheels and tracks, and this was actually the very first Sunday. Um, there's Pastor Roger in there, like I said, hard to see. And those are some big drawings that we did as part of um, worship. Um, we should bring that back sometime. So, um, 2007, we started there. We were at the University of Baltimore. We met there for probably about six or seven months. And then during that time, we just felt like um, this question kept coming to the surface. How can we be more of a presence um, in our community? How can we uh, even establish a bridge between the church and um, the people that we want to reach, the people that we feel like God has called us to? And so um, this idea sort of came to the surface that um, maybe we should start an art gallery. Um, maybe we should um, pray for a space that would sort of house that, and it would be essentially a um, community space that would host and house art and art ex- exhibitions and music and you name it, and also be the place that we met for worship, um, be the place that we met for you name it, that kind of stuff. And so we started praying about that, and um, probably about 50 um, I, I was in charge of finding a space, and um, it took a long time. Eventually, we found one. It was actually the first space we looked at, um, and we kind of came full circle. And it was like, the first time around, I was like, no, too small, not going to work, blah, 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 all these reasons. Four months later, like, you know what? This space might be perfect. <laughs> and uh, so there we were. It was just kind of, I think, a timing thing. In April of that year, um, we moved into the light uh, on Charles Street. You can go a little bit further. There it is. This is us actually looking at the space with the uh, leasing agent. It used to be an old salon. It was four years vacant. Um, and uh, we say, you know what? We can do something with this. And so this is our before pictures. And um, we ended up just getting really, uh, getting favor with the landlord and getting a pretty... Um, Great deal on the place. This is the first Sunday we were in there. We hadn't even finished tearing out the walls. And um, it was, you think what we have is rough? That was, um, that was rough. Oh, hey, over the mountains. What, yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was actually in April of 2008. April of 2008. And so for three years, actually, um, we sort of poured into that space. You can actually see the transformation. We had people come from all over, all over. This is a group that came from Mississippi because they said, we believe in what God's doing here, um, what he's doing through this church, and we want to pour into it. And so not only did they support us financially, but they came and they just served and they loved on our city. Um, and we had a number of teams like that come and pour into this space, help us uh, fix it up. Um, on the walls was the first exhibit that we had, um, which was actually two members of our church, Jason Pastrana and Jocelyn Bocchino. And so, uh, yeah, let's see, what else do we got there? 
Hey, that was the space after it was fixed up. Pretty dandy. It took, took about six months. Um, so anyway, I think it was this season where God really did. Um, we saw some things come to fruition, things that we prayed for, things that um, so many had sort of connected with us to see happen. And so we were right on Charles Street, running a full-time gallery, had a space that was fixed up, meeting there for worship, doing art shows. <laughs> you just want to sing that song, don't you? We'll get to it, man. We'll get to it. Go, go a little further. Let's just see a few of those um, stuff that was happening in that space. This is us hanging the very first show. Um, yeah, just breeze through a few of these. The space looked quite a bit different by the time we finished. I think that was John Dorsey. There he is again. And Susan. And Mike. Look, this, I picked this picture because you, this was the very first time we met you. And it was at a gallery opening. So I don't know if it would have happened otherwise, but I'm just going to say... Like, the gallery was part of the reason you're here. And he just kind of came in for one of the shows, and I talked to him. And uh, then I didn't see you for, like, months on end. I was like, well, you know, that was a nice conversation, but uh, I guess we'll never see that guy again. And then he came back around and stuck around. So this is some of, um, these are a few of the um, flyers that we made for shows. Yeah, we did a, we did a group show partnered with Micah and one of the professors there, Shangram. Um, so God really did some things. Um, also during that time, we just, um, as like being a part of the creative community, we really felt like we just needed to invest in some things and do some stuff in our city outside of the gallery. Um, so this is kind of when we roped in Luke Coleman. And uh, he was a big part of us um, fabricating this um, giant covered wagon for uh for the um, Kinetic Sculpture Race, which if you've never been to the Kinetic Sculpture Race in Baltimore, it's the first week of May normally. You got to go. Amazing. It's like, it is the best, one of the best events, citywide events in our city, and it's free. So we actually entered it, and um, we had a guy that's not a part of this church donate or let us use his welded craft that we never could have built on our own. So we just added the aesthetic elements that went on the very functional mechanic. And so this was like um, literally a, uh, a serious machine, a serious welded machine that we, we drove and the steering broke on the way and the wheels broke, but we made it to the end. It floated through the inner harbor um, on, by, by land, by sea. Um, so the theme was the Oregon Trail, in case you didn't realize that. So um, anyway, we just had fun. What did we win? Oh, we actually won Best Costume. And they said in a, in a, um, yeah, in a, in a uh, event where everyone wants to be bold that we dared to be beige. So we took that as an honor. Anyway, we did a number of things like this. So Kinetic Sculpture Race. What else did we do? Just a ton of um, art stuff in the space. This is us painting uh, in, in the building. We actually would have um, worship uh, times where we actually would just make as part of that. And um, what else? This is a mural that's actually um, still up in the city. If you've never been to the Baltimore Hostel, 
didn't know we had one. It's on um, it's on Mulberry Street and. Jess Wang, who um, is now in California, and a couple of others of us painted this mural as kind of a service project. So you can go check it out, Baltimore Hostel. Anyway, we did a big opening. So um, fast forward. Uh, things were pretty great in some ways. Things were hard in other ways. We had that space, and, and while it was like a lot of fun and um, God really used it, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult to manage that thing full time, to run a gallery full time, um, to just the general upkeep. We hit some significant hurdles during that season. Um, we were reminded pretty quickly how our battles not against flesh and blood. We had a uh, a neighbor who really did not like us, um, and uh, that sort of culminated with him pulling a knife on Pastor Roger during one of our services. Yeah, so we were kind of reminded, you know what? There's something significant here um, that's bigger than us. There's a battle going on. There's like, we're a part of something, um, and there's resistance. Uh, We kind of dealt with that for three years straight. Um, We dealt with some financial and space issues. It seemed like we didn't have enough of either at a certain point, Um, and rent just kept going up. Uh, eventually, all that to say, um, we sort of felt like our our time in that space had ended. And so we, you know, I think it was really hard for us to let go of in some ways. But we sort of asked God, well, what, what is next? What are you calling us to? And in the middle of that, we sort of put out feelers to um, churches in our area because we figured, you know, maybe if someone would help us out, it would be a church. And so um, there's a number of huge churches in our city in Mount Vernon even. And so we just put out feelers and we tried to connect with the churches uh, in the area. And we got one reply (laughs) out of all the emails we sent. We got one reply and it was from Mount Vernon um, Methodist Church. And they said, um, we'll consider hosting you. We were looking for new space. Um, We were hoping to meet in uh, Sunday evenings in in a space. And and they said, we'll consider it. and so they talked with their elders, with their board, and then they came back and they said, so yeah, we'll, we'll host you, we'll give you space for $1,000 a week. Now, I don't know if you guys realize, but we didn't have that kind of a budget, we don't have that kind of a budget. So I just kind of laughed, and I said, thank you, uh, we appreciate you getting back to us, good day, you know. <laughs> uh, it wasn't going to happen by any stretch. Um, that was for three hours on a Sunday. So we just stuck with where we were. We continued to ask God. God just show us what's next. If it's not this space, what it would be. Um, we stuck it out at the gallery space for a bit longer. Actually, our, our landlord, we had real favor with her. Like She's not a believer. Her and her husband, they own Monados. So if you ever go there um, and you see Tammy or Alex who own the place, just give them a big smile. Tell them you're from the light. They're awesome. They were, they were great for us. They were people of peace. Um, and uh, they literally, like, said, well, whatever you can pay, you can stay as long as, as you want until we find somebody new. And that was huge for us. So we stuck it out for a little bit longer. Eventually, the Methodist Church called back. They said, hey, we noticed, like, you haven't gone anywhere. I mean, I'm guessing they were just a little... Like, who's this weird church that just kind of sprang up out of nowhere? And what are they about? Like, 
Um, maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they thought we were a cult or something. Um, they called us back and they said, um, "We want to talk to you again. We notice you're still here." And um, during that time, um, Pastor Craig had had recently become the pastor here, and he said, um, "Look, we want to partner with you. Um, just tell us what what you can afford." So it went from $1,000 a week to you just tell us what you can afford. And um, further confirmation of, of us just coming here was um, they even moved their service time, which had been the same for over 100 years. That's a big deal. For us, that might not be a big deal, but for them, that was a big deal. So that was a sign from God that, like, okay, um, he's opened up this door. And so in some ways, reluctantly, we sort of let go of the gallery we said, God, we, we know we can continue to do these things apart from a space because we're not um, confined and defined by that. Um, but we know we got to move on. And so we moved here. And uh, this was this space uh, a while ago. What else do we have? Let me see what we're doing on time. A few more minutes. Um, that was actually one of the first things we did in this space um, was a Good Friday service a few years ago. Um, during that transition, I'll say this, we sort of hit sort of a wall as well. So not only were we leaving a space that we had at one time felt was really central to what God called us to, I think we were just um, experiencing some turnover. We said bye to a lot of people who were really close and part of this family. Um, they moved on for different reasons. We had leadership turnover. And um, we were just kind of stuck as a church. And I've shared some of this before with you guys. A real pivotal moment for us um, was Super Bowl Sunday. And I guess that was 2011. Um, But we were just like, God, um, asking the question, God, are we even supposed to continue? Um, And if so, like, you're going to have to do something here. And uh, from a leadership standpoint, we were just uh, trying to sort out how that was even going to happen. And um, Super Bowl Sunday, we had a party as normal, and um, a bunch of people showed up. And, and towards the tail end of that, something that wasn't normal was um, God just moved during that time, and a prayer meeting broke out at the Super Bowl party. Um, I mean, maybe that's a little um, less unexpected, considering we have so many people who probably don't even watch football. But I was in the living room watching um, the Giants beat the Patriots, yay, and uh, then I come into the kitchen, and everybody's serious. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Are you guys talking about me? And uh, no, it turned out God had just been moving in some things and um, dealing with some things. And we prayed, and I felt like for the first time in a while there was some hope and some direction. So a couple months after that, we met in this space for um, Good Friday service. It was awesome. There was a ton that went into it. And... Uh, we had different stations, and it was a very, like, multi-sensory, experiential um, occasion. Uh, a lot of you guys helped with that. That was actually in the balcony. Um, you can fast forward a little bit. Um, this was another key moment, I think. That summer, we met as leaders. Essentially, it was whoever calls the light your home, and if you feel any sort of investment, we're coming together, and we're going to go... Um, off on a retreat, and we're going to ask God to really just help God where we need to go. And um, that Saturday night, we were supposed to have a costume party. 
um, really spiritual um, part of the retreat. We were planning a, a, a big costume party because it was Halloween. And um, funny thing is we were like, well, before the costume party, we should just have a, a little bit of time of prayer. Because <laughs> that would be good, right? Since it is like a retreat and... Um, Uh, That would be a good idea. So we started with prayer. And during the prayer time, um, let's just say, well, the the costume party never happened because the prayer just lasted for four hours. And that wasn't planned. And actually, it was just this amazing God pouring into and I think just like bringing us together and bringing some hope and some um, clarity and just a sense of expectation that he wasn't done with what he was doing here and that he was breathing new life on it, breathing new life on each of us. And so the costume party didn't happen, but we were totally okay with that. And we didn't know what was going to happen, but we just knew God wasn't done, and we were going to be a part of it. Um, well, that, that fall was different for us. Um, we went from, like, probably 15 people over the summer um, to most of you, actually, started coming that fall. And uh, I joked with our leadership that, they must have been flying behind my back because we didn't invite anybody. We didn't do any outreach. We were just there. And I believe God just responded to the faithfulness of just being there, being present. And he was doing things outside of what we were aware of and doing things in you guys' life. And there was a convergence there. And so people started to come, people that are in this room, people that have really become a part of our family. And so that time was really key. Um, that's the downstairs space before we moved into it over the summer. It was just filled with all kinds of terrible clutter. And so uh, they said, you can have that space, but you've got to move everything out of it. And you've got to clean it up yourself. I said, well, okay, it's free, so all right, we'll do it. So uh, we took some time and cleaned it up. Yep, that was, it happened. It actually happened. Um, it can fast forward to, hey, Amanda. She seemed really excited about being there. Hey, and look, look, some of you are in that one. (laughs) Okay, so I sort of want to fast forward now to this. I believe that God's had us in this place for, it's no doubt in my mind that it's been his plan that's brought us in this space, in this place for a season um, that... He's done amazing things to allow us to be here for next to nothing. Um, that's, that's not the norm. Um, I believe over the past two years since that fall, um, God's really established some significant things in our body about who he is, who we are, identity, about um, his heart, um, some really foundational stuff. And um, I believe with that, he's been preparing um, He's been laying a foundation with that to build on. Um, but with that said, a lot of the stuff I showed you hasn't been a part of who we are recently. Hasn't been a part of um, just a visible part of this community. But I believe our call really hasn't changed. Um, while it's not only to the arts community in our city, I believe that's a central part of our call. Um, and hear me, that doesn't mean that you have to be an artist in this room. I believe our call is bigger than that as well. I believe it's partly even just to recognize and tap into this thing called creativity that God has actually 
put in us as part of being made in his image and realizing how that plays out as we share the things that he's given us. Does that make sense? I believe there's a role of, for creativity in each one of your lives with the things he's called you to. So it's more than just about making art. It's more than celebrating artists. It's more than just tapping into the arts community. Um, the bigger picture is us being a creative community who loves Jesus and want to see his plans and purposes come to this earth through our lives into this city. Follow me? Okay. Um, so with that, I believe in some ways he's calling us back into some of the things that we've sort of set on the side, some of the things that sort of we let go of when we left um, the gallery space um, and that season and who we were. Um, I believe in some ways he's been calling us over the past couple months to get out of um, sort of this uh, sort of insular way of doing things, being on an island. That's not what we were meant to do. Um, you guys realize that? <laughs> so that is going to require um, us doing it together. It's going to require us tapping into um, the individual calls on in your lives. It's going to require us continuing to listen for where he's bringing us um, and I do believe that, that is, part of that is a stirring up of creativity and the role of the creative in our midst. Um, I believe it's also with that a stirring up of and embracing of the, the specific calls that each of us have. You have a call. You do. Each one of you in this room has a ministry, even. It's not for a few it's for all of us and my heart is that we would be equipping this community as a whole to do what God's called you to do so um, I need your help with that we need your help with that leadership together we've just said you know what like it's not even about a, a small team of us trying to drive some things we really want to know what God is already doing in your lives in this church that means you got to share that. <laughs> so that paper you have is just sort of the beginning of a conversation. Um, we're, we want to encourage and recognize and honor and bring forth and the things that God's called us to. Does that make sense? Um, so why don't you go ahead and get that paper. Um, see what time it is. We can sort of transition some of this into dinner. Um, I know that some of you may not be staying for that. Um, but we'll start here, and we can sort of continue this conversation over dinner when that's time. Okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take five minutes. Is that enough time? Start there. Five minutes to think about what's on that paper there. Um, a picture we had as we prayed at our last leaders' meeting um, was just this picture of God being on the forefront. You realize God is on the forefront of what's happening in this city. Um, God is way more in tune and uh, in some ways on the front line than we realize. And in some ways I think he's waiting for us to catch up with him. And the thing is, it's really not that complicated in the sense of, I, I believe it's as we listen and see what he's already doing, and as we look and see what 
he's established in our lives, we'll see it connect there. Um, so God is on the forefront. And the picture here was that as his people, as we begin to just turn our ears to what he's doing already and listen and recognize what he's already done in our lives, that we're going to be called into that. And the result of it is going to be awake. Um, it's going to be a, a trail. It's going to be a, um, a sort of uh, reverberation, if you will, um, from action, from beginning to walk in the things that he's put in our hearts already. Um, does that make sense? And so spend a few minutes, write down some things, and then what I want us to do is, in approximately five minutes, I want us to just kind of pair up into groups of three to four and just spend a few minutes just sharing what even uh, you wrote down. Try to keep it brief um, if that's possible. I know I can't really say anything on that regard. but um, uh, And then one person prayed for that group, okay? And then we're going to sort of wrap, wrap this up. All right, break.